It's Friday night. You're tuned in to Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. Going to start the show off this week with little Pink Floyd. Hopefully you're out of work and you're on your way home. And I got one rule on my show, as always. You need to need a loud stereo, and you're going to need to turn it up right about now. So here we go with little Pink Floyd. Podcasting. 
All right, and that was Pink Floyd with the song that everybody around the world knows called Money. One of the best songs ever. It's Friday night. Hopefully you're out of work. You're on your way home. You're already there. Getting changed, ready to go out and have a little dinner. Start the weekend off right with a little Pink Floyd. Name of the show is Louie Live and your host Louie, and we are definitely live. So much going on in the world. Where do you even start, right? My show is a live call in number 802-540-6890 if you care to call and join in the show. Like I say, when you do call, it becomes half of your show too. So, got one rule basically. No F-bombs. Don't want to get pulled off the air by the FCC. I've been on the air for about three and a half years now. We're also streaming live around the world. You can type in to any search engine, Louis Live. It'll bring up my podcasting to the top ten podcasting stations such as Anchor, Modify, and whatnot. Been on the air for about three and a half years, and uh, I play a lot of classic rock. I read articles that we all see on social media and all across the evil media. <laughs> Basically, that's what they are, folks. They are the evil media. They only report what they want you to know. Basically, whoever's throwing money in their pockets. Seems like Bloomberg throwing a lot of money at the media right now. I guess he's up to about $400 million. And he says he's prepared to spend $2 billion to run for the president of the United States position on the Democrat ticket. Can you imagine that, folks? He's worth about $63 billion. They say he's the eighth richest person in the world. And he's willing to throw away $2 billion to run for president of the United States. And everybody knows that he's not going to win. That's for certain. He's not going to win, folks. He's got a lot of enemies. He's done a lot of things in the past. One thing that upsets me, though, is... If you watch the Democrat debate the other night, every one of them said that regardless of who wins the nomination, the rest of them will stand behind that person. Well, I watched it for about two and a half hours, and every one of them attacked one another. That's all it was. Just a backstabbing contest for two and a half hours solid. They didn't mention anything that they were going to do for the people or anybody else around the world. They didn't talk about the future generations. They didn't talk about keeping America great. I thought it was pretty upsetting myself. But that's what some people are into. They buy into the hatred. 
We'll talk about that more. I'm going to read this article right here. Local groups are pushing for green commuting options. It says, the thought of riding your bike to work in the winter might send a shiver up your spine. But two organizations are asking folks to try it out for a week. Just twice. Twice in a week. And it's all through the Locomotion's Winter Bike or Walk to Work Challenge. It says, doing what may seem like an overwhelming, uncomfortable task says Jarlath O'Neill Dunn, says it is actually built into our DNA. Riding to your bicycle to work in the freezing cold, I don't think that's built into our DNA, folks. I could almost say with 100% assurance that it is not built into our DNA. Because I think if most people had the choice this time of year, you could either be laying on a tropical beach somewheres, or you could be freezing to death, riding your bike to work. In good old Vermont. I think most people would pick option A. They would go for the tropical beach every time. I know I would. So, they say our grandparents and our great-grandparents... They all found ways to get around when it was difficult outside. They didn't even have an option, said O'Neill Dunn of Burlington. But now, folks, they do. You know, myself personally, I'll be standing in my kitchen. I press that automatic car starting button. I hear my car running out in the garage. There's no snow on it. There's no ice on it. When I get ready to leave, I go out there. It's nice and toasty warm. Yeah, we definitely have found ways to get around it, folks. It's called technology. And sad that our grandparents or great-grandparents didn't have that option. And it's like I always say, we are all living in a pretty good time right now. When we have nice warm vehicles to transport us. When we have jets like people, like these politicians running for political office, especially the ones running for president, they have millions of dollars at their disposal. And they all ride around in private jets. I've read an article here not too long ago saying that Bernie Sanders spent over a million dollars last year riding around in personal jets. You know, if you saw the debate the other night, Bernie Sanders was given hell to Michael Bloomberg because he's a billionaire. Well, he doesn't pay the taxes that he should be paying. And he did point out to Bernie Sanders that it was Bernie Sanders and his cronies that passed these laws so that the rich don't have to pay their share of taxes. And he just takes advantage of them as a businessman. And Donald Trump even said the same thing when he was running for president. He said that these 
codes were created by Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, all of these politicians on stage are the ones that created these tax codes, making it possible so that the rich don't have to pay their share of taxes. And Bernie Sanders was also pointed out to him that he's a millionaire and he has numerous homes. But Bernie Sanders fired back at Michael Bloomberg saying that he has a home in Burlington, Vermont, and he also has a home in Washington, D.C. And he said, there's thousands of people in Vermont that have camps on the lake. Well, folks, the home that Bernie Sanders owns on the lake is not a camp. It's pretty much a mansion worth about $700,000 from the last I knew. That is not a camp, folks. Maybe it's a camp to him, but it's definitely not a camp to people like you and me who could never afford a home like that on the lake and have the audacity to try to pass ourselves off as the average person and calling it a camp. I think that's why everybody's so mad at Bernie Sanders today on social media because he always acts like he's not a part of the government that created all of these laws that the rich people take advantage of. Have you ever noticed that? Bernie Sanders has been in Washington, D.C. for about 40 years, right? Patrick Leahy is the longest sitting senator in history. He's been in Washington for like 56 to 58 years. Patrick Leahy is like the biggest swamp rat in Washington, D.C. And the pathetic thing about Senator Patrick Leahy is, according to the Seven Days newspaper, they wrote an article saying that in 1978, Senator Patrick Leahy purchased a home in Virginia. Well, that's okay, because he spends a lot of time in Washington and it's understandable that he can't travel back and forth as much to Vermont. But Patrick Leahy has claimed residency in Virginia since 1978, according to the Seven Days newspaper. Now, according to the law in Vermont, folks, if you're going to hold a political office representing the state of Vermont, then you must reside. The word reside claim your residency in the state of Vermont. And you must reside in the state of Vermont for over six months out of the year. You cannot claim residency in Virginia or any other state other than Vermont if you are holding a political position in the state of Vermont. It only makes common sense because there are people that reside in the state of Vermont 
that deserve that seat, which Senator Leahy is holding for like the last 56 or 58 years. Think of all the tax dollars that you've paid to Senator Patrick Leahy and his administration. Now, he should be prosecuted for fraud and all of his assets should be seized to pay back the money that he has defrauded the taxpayers, the residents, the legal residents of Vermont. Right? Most definitely should. But like I was saying, back to that other swamp rat, Bernie Sanders, he's always trying to pass him off as just the average guy. It's like he just stepped foot in Washington, D.C. yesterday. He just walked into the office yesterday as if he had nothing to do with all the laws that have been created for like the last 40 years or so that he's been in Washington, D.C. that entitle the rich to not pay their share of taxes. Crazy, huh? We'll get back to all of this, but first we're going to go to a song. Uh, let's see, who should we play? Let's play a little Grand Funk Railroad. And this song is called American Band. Once again, folks, you're going to want to turn it up for this one. And you're tuned into Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live.
That was Grand Funk Railroad with a song called American Band. So where do we go from there, folks? Go to some local news in the city of Burlington, Vermont, God's country. Weekend water main break forces the city of Burlington businesses to close. Says uh, Burlington officials early this past Monday lifted a boil water order following a major water main break the past Saturday that left a large area of the Queen City high and dry for two days. Says there appeared to be a substantially large break, said Megan Moyer with Burlington Public Works. She points to aging water pipes for the break. The one that broke Saturday was laid in 1954. On top of that, she points to freezing temperatures and corrosion. Any pipe that is fragile or brittle can break. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Any pipe that is fragile or brittle can break. Well, I'm assuming since it's been underground since uh, 1954, it is going to be pretty corroded and pretty fragile. And definitely going to break, I would say. From the articles I read over the years, a lot of the water pipes under the city of Burlington are over 100 years old. Can you imagine that, folks? Gives me kind of a queasy feeling when I think about the pipes under the ground. Over 100 years old. And then when you see them digging up some of these pipes that are broken and they're all corroded and rusty and nasty. And I'm thinking, how can the water be clear when it comes out of my tap and I put it into a glass? And then I'm drinking this glass of water and I'm thinking about how nasty and corroded these pipes are that have been under the ground for a hundred years. Try not to think about it. Maybe that's why so many people nowadays are drinking bottled water. Remember when they first started selling bottled water and they would do those commercials on television and they would say that if you lined all the empty water bottles up end to end, they would go around the moon once. And then a few years later, he saw these commercials saying, if you lined up all the empty water bottles from end to end, they would go around the moon about four times. That was years ago, folks. And nowadays, I wouldn't even want to know how many times these water bottles lined up end to end would go around the moon. Probably about a hundred times. Isn't that ridiculous? And the sad part about it is these bottles aren't recyclable. They're just getting thrown right into the landfill. 
You're talking about probably billions of empty water bottles every year being tossed right into the landfill. So, where are all of these people who are crying about the end of the world coming in 12 years? The ones that talk about climate change and the carbon footprint. Where are these people, folks? Where are these people that are encouraging you to buy an electric bicycle or an electric vehicle to reduce the carbon footprint? Now, I think one of the things that's most wrong with the world nowadays is the lack of common sense, right? Let's use a little common sense here for a moment. And think about if you have an electric vehicle and you have to charge that up. So, in the city of Burlington, for instance, down on the Beltline, we have the wood chip plant. Okay? They create electricity by cutting down trees and mulching them up and burning them to create electricity to plug in your electric vehicle such as a bicycle or a car, right? So we're cutting down trees to burn to create electricity to recharge your electric bicycle or car. Now, what is the purpose of trees on this planet? Basically, they filter pollution. Now, people talk about cows and flatulence, meaning they pass gas, which is carbon dioxide, and it goes up into the stratosphere, and it's eating a hole into the ozone layer, according to a lot of people. People breathe in oxygen, which is created by trees. So we need trees, right? So then people breathe out carbon dioxide, which trees need to breathe in. So it's just the opposite. It's like yin and yang. People need trees and trees need people. So the trees breathe out carbon dioxide. We breathe it in. I mean, the trees got that wrong. I'm sorry. Let me back up. The trees breathe out oxygen. We breathe it in. We exhale carbon dioxide. The trees breathe it in. So, in order to decrease the carbon footprint, what we need to do is plant more trees, wouldn't you think? Just using a little common sense. So we plant more trees. The trees will inhale the carbon dioxide that we exhale. It's basically 
what we need to do to reduce the carbon footprint. What we do not need to do, most definitely, is cut down all of the trees and mulch them up, bring them down to the wood chip plant on Intervale Avenue. Right, folks, like I say, don't ever take my word for nothing. Research it yourself. They cut up those trees and they bring them down to the Intervale Avenue to the wood chip plant. That's what they call it, the McNeil wood chip plant. And they burn them to create electricity to recharge your electric bicycle or automobile. And a lot of people, they have coal-fired plants that burn coal to create electricity, to charge up your electric vehicle or automobile to make you feel good about yourself. All you people out there riding those carbon producing vehicles, right? Because that's what they do. They're producing carbon because we're cutting down trees which absorb the carbon. You have got it all wrong. I think what we need to do is we can keep using coal. And I'm sure with today's technology in the 21st century, we can burn this coal. And the air that is released from the smokestacks from these coal-fired plants can be cleaned enough so it won't hurt the ozone layer. I'm pretty sure we can most definitely do that, folks. We have the technology. This is the year 2020. We do not need to be cutting down the trees to produce electricity. That's what's wrong with life nowadays, folks. A lot of people aren't using common sense. You know, they'll turn on the social media. All these stories are bombarded at them continuously 24-7. Maybe what we need to do is start shutting off social media. So we're going to go to a song right now. And we'll be back. And we'll get into more of this and we'll talk about other things, both national and international. Going to go to a little ACDC with a song called Shot Down in Flames.
All right, that was ACDC with a song called Shot Down in Flames. One of the best bands in the world. In my consideration, I consider ACDC to be the second best band in the world. Number one, of course, being Aerosmith. Steve Tyler said one time that Aerosmith is not a band. It's an instrument. And I believe it. Because they all play off one another. And a lot of times one guy will be playing one chord and another guy's playing another chord and both combine create something totally different. Which is pretty much like an instrument as Steve Silas says. Steve Tyler is like the only guy that can like scream on key, right? <laughs> I just want to say something about this uh, article I was reading before we went to that ACDC song is that, uh, you know, a lot of the water pipes in the city of Burlington are about 100 years old. And uh, it says right here, it says, work is being done to fix these issues. And in 2016, the city passed an over $8 million bond, right? A bond that raises your property tax. And a lot of times, $8 million bond, they'll say, well, sunset. Meaning, they'll take it off of your tax bill in, let's say, five years. So they say it'll sunset in like five years. But has anybody ever received a letter in the mail saying how, this $8 million bond has sunsetted and now your taxes are going to go back to what they were previously to the time before they slapped this on your back, right? This BS bond on your back. A lot of people, they don't realize that uh, the streets in any town or city, such as Burlington, are the jurisdiction of the state. And the legislators every year meet and they agree for instance this year we're going to give the city of Burlington 20 million dollars to work on their streets and I'm assuming that because the water pipes are overseen by the city of Burlington right along with the sewer pipes it's part of the municipal infrastructure. So, logically speaking, if the streets are the jurisdiction of the state of Vermont, and that would also include the sewer lines and the water lines. So then, as I said, let's say for instance, the legislators agree to give the city of Burlington $20 million this year for the streets. Now, it's up to the mayor and the city council of the city of Burlington and the street department to decide which streets need to be repaired the most. So, a year or so, they renovated Pine Street. And they replaced a lot of the city and sewer and water lines while they had it all torn up. Not exactly sure what it cost, 
but you would think that instead of wasting all of this money ripping up Pine Street and repaving it, they would have just gone along and started creating the Southern Connector, which has been in the process for over 50 years. And to this very day in the year 2020, they still haven't started the Southern Connector. Only the state of Vermont, folks, could something this pathetic actually exist. According to Mira Weinberger, before he stepped into office as the mayor of Burlington, Vermont, which I believe was three terms ago, he promised that he was going to get the Southern Connector built. They were going to do something with the Moran plant, which is on the waterfront, which used to be the electrical plant, and it burnt about like 60 years ago, and it's still sitting there as a big eyesore. So, according to the mayor, it was probably about a year or so ago, they said all the pieces were in place. He was going to put the Southern Connector out for bid and get it built. And he said around Christmas time, they would have all the bids in and they would decide which contractors to give the building of the Southern Connector to. But I haven't heard anything. But knowing all of this coming down the pipeline, you think the mayor and the city councilors would have held off ripping up Pine Street for about a year and replacing some of the water lines and the sewer lines. You think they would have said, all the pieces are in place to build the Southern Connector, so we're gonna put out the bids, and then we're gonna get it rolling, and we're gonna build the Southern Connector, and we will shut down Pine Street. No point in putting all that money into something that is going to be overseen by the Southern Connector. But they didn't. So back to the point, like I was saying, in 2016, the city passed an over $8 million bond to help improve the aging infrastructure of the water lines. Okay. Now, what else happened a couple years ago? They passed a bond for $100 million to build a new high school. Now, they didn't present any plans to the public as to where they were going to put this new high school. They didn't have any plans as to what it was going to look like when it was completed or how much the total bill was going to cost. But somehow in the city of Burlington nowadays with the amazing technology that we have in the computer age, this stuff just always passes by a 66% favorable majority. I can't imagine how because it never used to in the past. In the past, 
when they had paper ballots and whatnot. The city school budget never passed till about the third or fourth time around. And everything just passes nowadays. $100 million bond to build a new high school, but they don't tell you where it's going to be. They don't tell you what it's going to look like, how big it is, how much exactly it's going to cost on your taxes. But one thing for sure, folks, is now they're saying they don't have that $100 million a couple years later. I think they have 60 to $70 million left, probably closer to 60. So, somebody pissed away about $40 million with nothing to account for it, except they say, we repaired some city water lines or sewer lines. Well, why would you have to take money from that? hundred million dollars because this article right here says in 2016 the city passed an eight million dollar bond to help improve the aging infrastructure of the water lines a lot of money gets lost folks and that's called an abuse of tax dollars mismanagement of your tax dollars you know, you think somebody would have an investigation as to where all this money goes? And now they're saying they're not going to build a new high school. They don't have the $100 billion anymore. Pretty much half of it's gone. With nothing to account for. They could say, oh, we uh, ripped up some lines on Pine Street and replaced them. Well, that was from other bonds. Nobody questions anything. Nobody investigates anything. Nobody's prosecuted. Nobody ever goes to jail. But one thing you know for a fact is that your property taxes go up. And because property taxes go up on rental units, for instance, the price of rents go up. Private homes, taxes go up. People sell them to make money. A lot of people move out of the state. They move out of the city. It's a pathetic situation, folks. Nobody's ever doing the right thing. They're saying now they don't have the money to build a new high school in the city of Burlington. And as far as renovating the old high school, they don't even have the money for that, they say. Now, the city of South Burlington, on the other hand, they want to build a new high school. And they showed on the news where it's going to be located. They show what it's going to look like. They said that it's going to cost $209 million. And I do believe that they are going to need a new high school because kids have been in that old one forever one thing that's kind of odd too folks is in the city of Burlington a few years ago they wanted to close down a lot of the schools because they said that the student population is declining 
people in America aren't having half a dozen kids anymore like they used to. Remember back in the old days when everybody was a Catholic and they didn't believe in birth control? So they had about eight or nine kids to every family. And the classrooms were probably averaging about 25 kids to a classroom. But they're saying nowadays some of these classrooms have about half a dozen kids. And they want to close the schools down. Consolidate. Save money. And if you drive around, you're going to see that a lot of the people that are having kids are refugees. Have you ever noticed that? I've seen a lot of women that are pregnant. They're pushing a baby carriage. they got two little kids walking behind them. Can't even speak English. Don't want to learn how to speak English. They're not working. They're probably never going to work. They're going to be welfare recipients for the rest of their lives. Maybe they pass that on to their kids. While Americans that pay into the system work two or three jobs, can't afford to have kids, and if they do, they maybe have one kid. Maybe they'll have a dog. They call them fur babies nowadays. I've read articles on this show how people say they can't even afford to go out on a date nowadays. It's crazy. So why do we keep importing refugees that are going to have half a dozen kids and never work and be welfare recipients for life? We keep importing people in the Burlington area, for instance, where there's no housing available. You know, it's always been about a 2% availability of apartments in the Chittenden County area. And I've been on the airways for about 25 years saying the same old story. Finally, they're starting to build some housing. Is it affordable? I don't know. You go to these people's websites and they have mostly one-bedroom apartments and they'll be anywhere from like 400 square feet for like maybe $1,200 a month. And they'll go up to like 900 square feet for $2,000 a month. I don't really call that affordable housing, folks. You know, even for a two-bedroom apartment, $2,000 a month is a lot of money. But if you keep importing refugees that are going to be welfare recipients for life, and they're on Section 8, and the landlord's getting a guaranteed check every month from Uncle Sam, the taxpayers like you and me. Of course, they're going to keep building these one-bedroom apartments. Even two bedrooms are small. You're lucky if you find a two-bedroom apartment for 900 square feet. not right, folks. A lot of people aren't being allowed to live with dignity nowadays. Something's going to have to happen. I don't know. I think people are starting to wake up because greed has been running this country for a long time. And as I've always said, 
education is going to ruin the United States of America and a lot of other countries because people are getting out of high school and they're looking at going to college. And there's so many things that you can be nowadays with a college degree because they don't really have on-the-job training anymore. That's what went wrong with this country, too. So you're 18, you get out of high school, you're going to college. Somebody's taking out some serious loans for you to go to college. These kids don't have any credit, so chances of them getting loans are pretty slim. Not many people can get scholarships to go to college. So a lot of people are taking mortgages on their houses so their kids can go to college, maybe have a better life than them because everybody wants their children to have a better life than they did. A lot of parents are taking Parent PLUS loans, which are like personal loans. They're not government funded. It's basically like taking out a loan to buy an automobile or a home. And parents are going in debt $100,000 at times. And then the student gets into college and they're overwhelmed with the choices available to them as to what they want to major in. And a lot of these kids, folks, they're 18 years old. They've never worked a job in a day of their life. They have a bedroom that has a big screen TV on the wall. These kids are walking around with a $1,000 iPhone. Either their parents buy them a new car or they're driving their parents' vehicle. And then you put these kids into college. And the world is staring them in the face. And the question is, what do you want to major in and be for the rest of your life? And hopefully you'll get a job. And hopefully it'll pay enough so you can pay off these student loans if your parents aren't capable of doing. That's pretty scary right there, isn't it, folks? And that's why I can see why a lot of kids are turning towards socialism and people like Bernie Sanders who are promising them free college education. First time Bernie Sanders was running for president, his wife Jane was the president of Burlington Technical College. And while he was on the stage talking to the people around the world, promising them free college education, his wife Jane Sanders, the president of Burlington College, was running Burlington College into the ground. It's pretty bad, isn't it? They were paying their daughter $500,000 to teach a woodworking class at a technical college. And you wonder why the college didn't have any money to keep on existing? You can't pay teachers $500,000 to teach a woodworking class at a technical college, folks. Elizabeth Warren, 
wasn't even getting that money to teach at Harvard. I don't know, folks. People are scared. They don't like dealing with reality. So they believe in people like Bernie Sanders, who I call the Pied Piper of the naive and the gullible. It's a fitting title for him, isn't it, folks? The Pied Piper of the naive and the gullible. Because all the Democrat candidates are promising you free college education, free medical. How are you going to get free medical? They call it Medicare for all. It's not Medicare like your grandparents have, folks. It's a totally different entity. It's basically Obamacare. And it covers nothing. Even the Medicare that your grandparents have, nobody wants to accept it. We'll talk about this in a couple seconds here. We're going to go to another song. This is by the Rolling Stones. And we'll be back in a second. I saw this article right here. It says uh, Bombardier to sell rail division in a $7 billion deal. A Canadian company with a big plant in New York's North Country just sold off a big chunk of the business. Quebec-based Bombardier employs 300 people at its plant in Plattsburgh, New York. Now Alstom, a French train company, confirms it has signed an agreement to buy Bombardier's rail division for nearly $7 billion. The newly combined company hopes to have a bigger global reach and focus on sustainable nobility the company hopes the combination of these two industry leaders will create a strong new force in the rail market to compete against markets like China. Well, as long as the plant stays in New York, over in Plattsburgh, and keeps employing 300 people, I say, well, that's okay. Because we need to compete against China and all things made outside of the United States. We have more of a level playing field now that President Trump increased tariffs on Chinese products. As he was pointing out, there are hardly any American cars in China because there are so many tariffs slapped on these automobiles when they leave the United States that they become very expensive overseas. But the vehicles coming into the United States, there's hardly any taxes slapped on them at all. So the playing field is not in any way level. But President Trump is changing all of that. President Trump, his China even agreeing to buy rice off of us. Isn't that something? They had agreed to buy something like, I don't know, $70 billion or $100 billion worth of rice. I think it's way more than that, but I'm just giving you a ballpark figure. I mean, there used to be the old saying, 
you got a better chance of seeing China buying rice off the United States. You ever heard that old saying, folks? Well, now it's a reality because President Trump has the Chinese buying rice off of United States farmers. That's amazing. This guy does know the art of the deal. That's for certain. Regardless of what anybody says, the economy is booming. People have confidence in the United States of America once again. And there is no way in hell that Obama or his administration can take any bit of credit for it. And why is that? Because Obama himself said that these production jobs were never going to come back to the United States of America. He said that President Trump would need a magic wand to create these jobs again in America. Those are the words from President Obama's mouth himself. So there is no way in hell that he can take credit for any jobs that are being created, particularly production jobs coming back from overseas, which they are by the hundreds of thousands. Obama said that the United States should get used to a flat GDP because that's just the way it is now. Those are the words from President Obama himself telling Americans that the United States had gone down the toilet and it wasn't coming back and we should get used to having no production jobs in particular and we should get used to having a flat GDP. These are the words from President Obama himself and there is no way that he can take any credit whatsoever for the booming economy that we have now. Over seven million jobs have been created in the United States since President Donald Trump took office three years ago. Do we have a flat GDP? And should we get used to it, as Obama said? Well, the GDP has fit over 4%. 4.1 was the last reading, I believe. Now it's probably pushing 5. Can you imagine that? The stock market is breaking records on a daily basis. Last month alone, all financial institutions predicted that the United States would create another 60,000 jobs, right? 60,000 jobs, every financial expert predicted that were gonna be created last month of January 2020 in the United States, 60,000. And you know how many jobs were created in the month of January 2020, folks? Not 60,000. Over 225,000 jobs were created in the month of January 2020 alone.
over three times the amount that were predicted. About four times the amount, actually. Is that insane? That is called consumer confidence. That is called patriotism. That is called the people in the United States waking up, not believing the evil media telling us that our country was ruined, that these jobs would never come back to America, that we should get used to a flat GDP because that's what you see pounded into your head 24-7 on every single channel on the radio and the television except for basically the Fox News channel. And there are some changes going on at the Fox News channel too, like for instance, Donna Brazil. She was the head of the Democratic National Convention in 2016. When Bernie Sanders was running for the Democrat nomination, and he got it yanked out from under him. And everybody knows this for a fact, too, because they reported that the Democrat National Convention was broke and Hillary Rodham Clinton gave them, mainly to Donna Brazil, $20 million to bail them out. That's not right at all. You know, I'm an independent. I say that it's totally wrong what they did to Bernie Sanders. But at the debate the other night, if you're watching, Mayor Pete Buttigieg pointed out that basically he and Joe Biden were the only true Democrats on the stage running for the nomination for President of the United States. Bernie Sanders. Been a progressive. He started the progressive party in Burlington, Vermont. Right here where I'm sitting. Right? Bernie Sanders honeymooned in Russia at the height of the Cold War. I don't even know how that's possible. How do you get permission to go to Russia on your honeymoon at the height of the Cold War? To this day, the Democrats refer to the Russians as the evil Russia. So about 40 years ago, at the height of the Cold War, how in the heck did Bernie Sanders honeymoon in Russia at the height of the Cold War? This is what you call Russian collusion, folks. Bernie Sanders is the guy that should be investigated. Him and his wife. Bernie Sanders, as mayor of Burlington, Vermont, created numerous sister cities throughout the USSR. The evil USSR, which no longer exists because they're evil. But yet Bernie Sanders was doing business creating sister cities throughout the USSR. This is Russian collusion right there, folks. Bernie Sanders is the guy that should be investigated. This is the guy that Bernie Sanders 
You know, he refers to the Russians as evil in the year 2020. But about 40 years ago, he was honeymooning in Russia at the height of the Cold War and creating numerous sister cities as Mayor Burlington, Vermont. But if he was a Republican, folks, if he was Donald Trump, they would say that there is definitely collusion there with the Russians. And why was he creating all of these sister cities throughout the USSR? Well, if it was Donald Trump, they would say, well, he must be doing, well, he's probably laundering money. It's exactly what they would be saying, folks. And they would want an investigation. And even though he did that about 40 years ago, they would be wanting to impeach Donald Trump today. They most definitely would. And the Democrat Party would jump right on it. Comrade Bernie Sanders, the other night on the Democrat stage, seeking the Democrat nomination to run for president of the United States. On that stage, Mayor Pete Buttigieg should have said to Bernie Sanders, you have no right being on this stage. You started out as a progressive in Burlington. You started the Progressive Party. You went to Washington, became an independent slash socialist. To this very day, Bernie claims to be a socialist. And if he becomes president, you better get to at least to socialism because that's what he is. Well, having said that, those words out of Bernie Sanders' own mouth, folks, he should be removed from the process of seeking the Democrat nomination for president of the United States because he doesn't belong on that stage. Joe Biden is a Democrat. He belongs on that stage. Mayor Pete of Indiana, he's a Democrat. He belongs on that stage. And they definitely should have got further into it and demanded that Bernie Sanders be removed from the Democrat process of the nomination for president of the United States of America. But they did. And if you're watching that debate the other night, folks, one other thing I'd like to just point out Elizabeth Warren had Mayor Bloomberg of New York to her right side. And she jumped right on him from the get-go, saying that he has a history of referring to women as fat, horse-face lesbians. She claims that Mayor Michael Bloomberg of New York throughout history has made derogatory statements like that about women. But on her left side is Bernie Sanders, progressive slash independent slash socialist slash communist because everybody knows socialism and communism is basically the same thing and it will ruin any country that tries to enforce it 
as Venezuela is going through right now. But Elizabeth Warren, after she chewed out Mayor Michael Bloomberg, she should have looked right to her left and gotten right into Bernie Sanders saying how this pervert has written papers about women making derogatory statements, sexual statements, saying that women sexually fantasize about being violently gang-raped while they're making love to their boyfriends or their husbands or whomever, right? Folks, nobody, nobody, and I mean nobody fantasizes about being violently gang-raped. And what kind of a sickness is Bernie Sanders suffering from? To write that. All the things in the world that Bernie Sanders could have written about, he writes about women fantasizing about being violently gang-raped. You know, folks, people like that, they don't ever change. I don't care if we wrote it yesterday, if we wrote it 50 years ago. Anybody with that mentality does not change. And most people like that, that do think like that, they either end up in jail or dead. Because they go out and practice those things. And it's illegal to do the things that these people think about. And they end up either dead or in prison for life. Or, how other way could you practice something like that? Uh, maybe you could hang out with somebody like Jeffrey Epstein on his pedophile island where anything goes or used to go until he uh, so-called committed suicide in prison. And the autopsy showed that he had several broken bones in his neck. So it's not even logically thinkable that he hung himself and broke several bones in his neck. And it was convenient that all the cameras were shut off and the guards were sleeping and nobody checked on him for several hours or so. Yeah, that's where you could practice things like that. On Jeffrey Epstein's island or at his big spread in Nevada, wherever the heck that is, I guess, I think it's in Nevada. <sighs> I don't know, folks. But Elizabeth Warren, after she chewed out Michael Bloomberg on that stage, she should have looked over to her left and chewed out Bernie Sanders for the way that he thinks about women. The both of them should have been both escorted right out the door. But instead, Elizabeth Warren gave Bernie Sanders a free pass. Somebody needs to question Elizabeth Warren. Why did you give Bernie Sanders a free pass on that stage the other night at the debate? You know, folks, there's a lot of stuff that we talk about on this show that you're not going to hear on other radio shows or television shows like Morning Joe, right? Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, Howie Carr, 
Mark Levin, none of them. They're not going to talk about stuff like that because they have sponsors. They don't want people boycotting their sponsors and losing their jobs. Because as they've all seen, as powerful as Bill Riley thought he was, he had the number one rated show. As powerful as Matt Lauer thought he was, both of them were removed from the airwaves like that. Just like that, folks. And Matt Lauer and Bill O'Reilly are no longer powerful as they thought they were in their own little heads. Now Sean Hannity has taken over the rating spot on a Fox News channel. He took over where Bill O'Reilly left off. But like I said, things like this, until they get aired out in the public for a while, nobody's going to really talk about them except for shows like mine. There's got to be other people out there talking like I do. But you're not going to see them on the larger media scale, such as Howie Carr and Rush Limbaugh or not. Rush Limbaugh, he has uh, advanced lung cancer. And uh, I hope that the medical world can help him because it's not a good thing to go through. You know, I always see these advertisements where Rush Limbaugh smoking a great big Cuban cigar. The same thing with Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Nobody's invincible, folks. One day you're going to get that phone call from the doctor saying that you have a spot on your lung. Hopefully it's just a spot and they can catch it in time and do something for you. But in the case of Rush Limbaugh, it's advanced lung cancer. I don't know, but he probably has a tumor on his lung about the size of a baseball. Hopefully not. Hopefully it's not that advanced. But in a situation like that, they can give him like radiation and chemotherapy and reduce that tumor down to the size of about a walnut probably and give him about another year to live. Hopefully they can do better than that. But like I was saying, the only one talking about this situation with Elizabeth Warren and how she lit into Mayor Michael Bloomberg but then she gave Bernie a free pass. You won't hear that on other shows. It's kind of funny how they were talking about how these women had signed contracts to stifle them. And they probably took a financial settlement. But Elizabeth Warren asked Michael Bloomberg to release these women from these contracts. So did Bernie Sanders. So did Joe Biden. And I'm thinking, 
That's okay for them to ask that. But Joe Biden has the audacity to stand up there and say, these women should be released from their contracts. But on the other hand, nobody should be investigating Joe Biden and his son, Hunter Biden, for the scandals in the Ukraine, along with investigating Nancy Pelosi's son, John, because he's involved in the Ukraine scandals. And so isn't John Kerry's relative. I think it's his nephew or something. I don't think it's his son, John Kerry's son, but I think it's his nephew or something like that. But all of these uh, Democrat politicians have children that are involved in these Ukraine scandals taking kickbacks, sitting on committees with absolutely no experience whatsoever. Kind of odd, isn't it? like the pot calling the kettle black. I'm going to go to a song here. Let's see. How about a little electric light orchestra? This is called Evil Woman. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. You're listening to Louie Lab, and I'm your host, Louie, and we're at Definite Lab. And uh, once again, you're going to want to turn it up pretty loud for this one.
was the Electric Light Orchestra with a song called Evil Woman. Ever since the beginning of time with Adam and Eve, I think she was the first evil woman, according to history. Women are out there saying, that Louis, he's evil for talking about women like that. Well, I think there's a lot of women that'll testify that they do play tricks on a man's mind. And there's pretty much any woman out there on the face of this planet that can wrap men around their fingers. And the poor men, they have no defense. Because men are all a bunch of basically fat, ugly slobs. You know what I'm saying? You ever notice that, folks? And this is what I say. You can go to a club and you can sit there and watch the door. Now, when a woman is going to go out to a club, they will discuss with their friends what they're going to wear for dress or what they're going to wear for shoes and jewelry and makeup. They're going to discuss how they're going to do their hair even, what perfume to wear. And you look at the door, and every woman that walks in the door is more beautiful than the woman that walked in before her. Isn't that the truth? That's a God's honest truth. But then you sit in the club, and you watch that door, and you see the men come walking in. Men don't think about anything even close to that when they're going out. They'll have like an old pair of jeans and a t-shirt on. Half time, they won't even tie up their boots or nothing. They're combing their hair. You know, they walk in the door. This guy's 50 pounds overweight. This guy's hair hasn't been combed in a year. This guy has a big beard that's Looks like he just came out of hibernation in the spring, right? This guy before him looks like he hasn't shaved in about three or four days. His hair's all messed up. Half his teeth are missing, right? Looks like he just climbed out of a dumpster. You know, I feel sorry for a woman that are sitting out here in these clubs. Every guy that walks into the door is just the opposite of woman. Every woman that walks in the door is more beautiful than the one that walked in before her. But every man that walks in the door of that club is uglier than the guy that walked in ahead of him. Is that the truth? I mean, am I telling the truth or what? And these women, they will see a guy like that. And they'll think, I can change this guy. I can shape and mold him. And they will twist that guy around their little finger. Sometimes it turns out for the good. And then you have these women who say that they have taken over where this guy's mother left off. I mean, come on, how bad is that? I'm going to switch to another subject because this is just like draining me. Because... Like I said, I feel bad for women. Men are basically just, a lot of us don't look much better than when we came out of the cave. 
a million years ago. I think women deserve better than that. Where do we go from there? This article right here, we've only got a few minutes left. It's about athletes. And it says New Hampshire colleges and universities would be allowed to pay athletes under a bill approved by House lawmakers. It says it would enable schools to compensate athletes and would allow college athletes to seek compensation for their name, image, and likeness. Well, I got news for anybody out there, folks. Your name, image, and likeness is yours to do what you want with. No college or school can tell you what to do with your name, image, or likeness. And these colleges and high schools, any place where there's a sport event, nowadays they charge admission to get in. They have hot dog stands and burger stands. And they make money off of these athletes. And a lot of these athletes, even coming out of high school, have injuries that are going to haunt them for the rest of their lives. And especially when you get older folks and you get into the arthritis range. And these people have bad knees and bad backs and dislocated shoulders and broken ankles. And they're just high school kids. And their career's over. And they're not going to make any money. And I think if the high schools and the colleges are making money off of these athletes, then they should be getting paid. You have these colleges like UVM sitting on billions of dollars of endowment money. And UVM is a small college. A lot of these colleges nowadays, folks, these Ivy League colleges, they are sitting on billions and billions and billions of endowment money all tax-exempt, they should be paying these athletes. You know, and even students that are working in the laboratories, working on, you know, formulas to create, you know, cause, you know, cure cancer and whatnot, they should be getting paid also. Everybody should be getting paid their due. I think it's about time. And I'm glad New Hampshire is looking into that. I saw this article right here. It says Homeland Security waives contracting laws for the border wall. It says uh, President Donald Trump's administration is waiving federal contracting laws to speed up construction of a wall at the U.S.-Mexico border. They should be doing something about the northern border too, folks, right here in Vermont, for instance, because we live in a sanctuary state of Vermont and these Illegal immigrants are coming across the border and the law enforcement is looking the other way. That's called aiding and abetting a criminal. I believe that ICE should go around and arrest all of these dictator politicians who are representing the crime world. That's right, folks. They are representing the crime world. You know, in some cities and states now, Illegal immigrants can drive without a driver's license. And when they get into a vehicle accident, they're not even arrested for not having a license or insurance. But you or I 
would most definitely be arrested and definitely go to court and definitely pay the consequences. But these illegal immigrants, they're giving maybe a citation to go to court and they never show up. And how the heck are you going to find them because they're not on the census? They don't have no legal residence that you could go to. They're not in the computer database anywhere. They're just like ghosts. And why would politicians create laws to favor illegal immigrants and criminals? Because they are representing the criminal world. And politicians do take donations from the criminal world. You know, it's like we're living in a Batman movie. You know, Pat Leahy, Senator Pat Leahy, he's been in pretty much all of the Batman movies, I think. Done cameo appearances. So, he don't even know reality from a movie. Because in the movies in Gotham City, where crime is running the system, and in reality in Vermont, he created, or helped create, a sanctuary state where the politicians are obviously, most obviously, most definitely representing the crime world. And then you have President Trump building a border wall on the southern border. And they should be sending more ICE enforcements to the northern border and arresting illegal immigrants and if the politicians interfere, arrest them too. Give me the handcuffs. I'll put them on myself. I'll be right there by your side. I'm sure a lot of other veterans like myself who defended this country would be more than happy to work with law enforcement. And while we're at it, we should discuss probably arresting business owners that hire illegal immigrants and seize all of their assets. You know, you want to have all these people working on the farm because you don't want to pay any livable wages or benefits. You want to hire slave labor, which is what it is. You want to hire illegal immigrants. You want to pay off politicians to create laws, to create sanctuary cities and states, so you could bring in illegal refugees, immigrants, aliens, whatever you want to call them to work on your farms, which are big business. You know, a lot of these farms, they have thousands and thousands of cows. Big business, multi-million dollar businesses. And they should be paying livable wages and benefits. You know, when you talk about the rich not paying their share of taxes, you have these rich Farmers with thousands and thousands of cows. They're not paying a livable wage. They're not paying benefits. So you know damn well. They're not paying their share of taxes either. And as a matter of fact. A lot of them are subsidized by tax dollars. Which again. Is an abuse. And misrepresentation of your tax dollars. Slave labor, folks, that's what it is. You know, slavery was created by the Democrat Party. The Ku Klux Klan was created by the Democrat Party to try to save slavery.
Planned Parenthood was created by Martha Sanger, Democrat, to extinguish black people. And it goes on to this very day. After they say we've aborted like something like over 40 million babies. It's more like genocide, isn't it? I can't understand why more women aren't coming out to defend the rights of babies in the womb. They've even passed laws saying that they can abort a baby after it's born. It's all cleaned up. It's wrapped up on the table next to you. And they will decide with the woman, the doctors will, if she wants to abort that baby. Well, <laughs> that baby has been born. You can't abort a baby that has been born. You can kill a baby. And there aren't even any laws as to say how they would do that. But people on death row, a person might be a serial killer on death row, is going to get lethal injections. And God forbid that person even twinges a little bit. They will say, oh, that's inhumane. You can't kill that serial killer through lethal injections. It's inhumane. He twitched. He looked like he was in a little bit of a pain for a millisecond. But yet, they can abort 40 million babies. And nowadays they pass laws they can kill these babies after they are born. And then you see all these articles on social media saying how Planned Parenthood sells the body parts of these babies. I mean, how sadistic is this? You know, whether you're a Catholic, whether you believe in God or not, when you hear things like this, you definitely have to believe in the devil. That's for sure. We've got about two minutes left to go. And uh, one thing I'm going to say is uh, Attorney General William Barr, over a thousand department officials wrote a letter asking for him to resign because they think he interfered with Roger Stone being sentenced to nine years in prison for lying about Russian collusion, which was nothing but a lie itself. And nobody went to jail except for him, right? Hillary's still walking the streets. James Comey's walking the streets. Peter Strott's walking the streets. His mistress is still walking the streets but they want this guy to go to jail for nine years. I believe that everybody should get justice, but if you're going to give it to one, folks, you got to give it to all of them. So I'm going to get going. I'll see you back here next Friday. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'll have yourself a good weekend. Take care, and I'll see you back here next Friday. Bye.